Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Beat. No game to review and a fairly uninspiring FA Cup third round tie to look ahead to. What better time to host the mid-season edition of the Arsenal Beat Awards or the Tabbies, which I've checked Urban Dictionary, so I think we're safe to call them that. I'm Mark Manbrines from PA Media and alongside the Evening Standard Simon Collings, Art de Rocher of The Athletic and The Telegraph Sam Dean, we'll be dishing out the gongs to those most deserving from the first half of the 2021-22 campaign. We will also have a quick chat about the Liverpool postponement and the trip to the city ground. And we welcome back Guest Laguna for the new year too. Chaps, all that to come. But let's dive in with our first award of the podcast. And we're going to start with signing of the season, going all the way back to the summer, which now feels a long time ago when, you know, everyone had high expectations. We wouldn't be in COVID times anymore. And... I don't know, were the expectations high for Arsenal? Who knows? But these signings probably changed all that. And we'll come to you first, Simon. Who is your nominee for signing of the season? Um, I mean, this is quite actually an open category, I think, given all the signs being pretty decent. I've gone for Takihiro Tomiyasu um, simply because I can remember when um, the sign, well, the signing happened and it was breaking, I think, the morning of deadline day. I think most of us would probably admit we thought it screamed panic by um, and I didn't didn't really have huge expectations for it. I mean, safe to say I've been proved incredibly wrong, which happens quite a bit. Uh, and he's been brilliant. And I went from his signing of the season simply because of the nature of the signing that was done so late in the window. Um, I think we saw from those first three games, they had to get a right back in um, and they got him in, did it quickly and for a pretty good price. So for me, I couldn't really look past him after evaluating it. Very strong start. Uh, Art de Rossi, who would you follow that up with? Uh, like Simon said, I think you could probably go with almost anyone <laughs> they've signed in the summer. Uh, I'll go for the obvious choice of Aaron Ramsdale in goal. Um, I think you've seen as soon as he came in the and I know Mikel Arteta talks a lot about this in his press conferences, but the energy that he brings, you saw it pretty much straight away. I think um, we were there um, at the West Brom game in the League Cup for his debut. And even before he came onto the pitch, you could see he already had that almost connection with the fans uh, that were inside the stadium. Because I know um, online, it wasn't like that at first. Um, but in terms of just him being assured and confident, I think that's really helped Arsenal so far this season. You saw, especially in, uh, I guess, the more pressurised moments of the last few seasons when when Burnt Leno, or just say the goalkeeper, is flustered, that that filters through the whole team, I think. And you haven't really seen that from Aaron Ramsdale. And of course, you've got the, the added benefit of his distribution as well. Um, so I think he, in terms of just the all-round package... I think he's probably been the most complete signing. And of course, they've also got um, the the upside that he's still only 23 years old, um, as is Tomiyasu, um, Erdegaard and, and the rest. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Aaron Ramsdale. I'm going to go next because I'm going to save Sam for last in the hope that I predicted who he's going to go for. Um, I also, I went for Aaron Ramsdale, not, uh, not making any secrets about it. I think, People that have listened to this podcast, we've been on it most of the time. We questioned for nearly a year the logic of the goalkeeping situation at Arsenal. You know, it was a bit, 
it was a bit of a clusterfuck, really, wasn't it, with the whole Emmy Martinez get being sold, and we we didn't know whether Burnt Leno was going to be good enough. All this kind of nonsense. They ended up with Matt Ryan and Alex Runnison, and then in the summer that when it emerged, they were ready to spend what was it, twenty four million pounds plus on a goalkeeper that had been relegated twice. There was almost a mutiny, wasn't there, from from a lot of the supporters, and you know this money should be spent elsewhere, but. I don't think anyone could have thought he made such an impact as he would. Probably even Aaron Ramsay himself, I think, has admitted it, that he didn't expect to come straight to the team. But Bert Leno now, you'd imagine, will be looking to move probably in the summer rather than this month. But that just takes testament to how well Ramsdale's come in. His character has helped a lot, especially in a young squad. I know, like Art mentioned, then he's only 23 himself, but that head that he's got on his shoulders very much doesn't feel like a 23-year-old. Then you look at the save against Leicester, for example, just shows how good he is, I think. We've now seen him, he started his England career, so the moves obviously work for him as well. So yeah, I've gone for Ramsdale as well. Um, Mr Dean, would you like to close this one out with your pick? Yeah, I'm sure you've guessed it as uh, as you alluded to there, Mark, but Nicholas Jovert, the set-piece coach. Is... <laughs> no, that, that, that's a joke. Although actually, to be fair, he has, he has had a good impact. Um, so fair play as the most under-the-radar signing of the summer, he has done quite well. Um, I mean, look, to be honest, I think the answer is also Ramsdale, but for the for the sake of the tabbies and the integrity of the competition, I'll go with uh, my man, Martin Odegaard, who in the last month has been not just Arsenal's best player, but arguably the best player in the Premier League as a whole. Um, I think, I know that in the summer, people were sort of crowing about Madison and, and Buendia, but for me, I think 30 million for Odegaard really will go down as a complete steal. I think that's a great deal, um, a massive bargain. And this guy, I would not be surprised at all if he was appointed permanent captain at one point in this year. So yeah, Odegaard for me, but to, to be honest, Ramsdale is kind of the answer, isn't it? There we go. Then we'll, we'll anoint Aaron Ramsdale with our first honour of the season, I think, given that he's got just, let's say, two and a half of the votes we got here. So um, let us know your thoughts on our signing of the season being that of... Aaron Ramsdale, England goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale, no less. Um, back Maybe to Matt- Simon, could, oh, could Simon get, sorry, could Simon get onto Ben Foster and ask if, if Ben could get Aaron on the, on the podcast for us? Yeah, really exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about cycling and everything, even though I can't ride a bike. <laughs> back to matters on the pitch or off them, depending on your view. Um, the first leg of the Liverpool Carabao Cup semi-final was called off earlier this week due to a rising number of cases of COVID at the Anfield Club. Sam, good or bad thing for Arsenal that that, that, that game's been canned? Uh, bad overall. I mean, I don't think it's a massive, massive problem, to be honest. And I think some of the reaction from some people was a bit OTT this week. But uh, yeah, bad because they would have been able to play a weakened Liverpool side uh, obviously, given their COVID situation, and then having the Forest game on Sunday would have allowed Mikel Arteta to rotate. Now that the game's been moved, it's now sort of sandwiched alongside the Spurs game in the league, which is massive, not just because of the derby, but also because of the team's two positions on the league table. So I think it complicates things a little more for Arteta than they, they would have been if the game had gone ahead as scheduled. Yeah, I think... You mentioned there that the, the furore almost around the decision almost came in the in the aftermath of that Manchester City game and the fans being upset with the referees. There's that bit of anti-Arsenal agenda story doing around at the minute, which again, I, I think you have to look at the actual ins and outs of it all. It's, it's fair play, isn't it? Liverpool probably would have played the game 
even if it was played in February, March, you wouldn't have seen Salah or Mane. I don't imagine would you in that competition. Simon, will time tell if it's a good thing, but in the sense that the legs have now been reversed? Yeah, I think that is probably something for Arsenal and Arteta that will slightly, uh, you know, sugar the pill a bit, that the fact they've got that second leg at home, um, even with any sort of lead, I just don't think going to Anfield um, for a second leg when they're che- even if you know they're behind, it's just not a place you really want to go. I think going there first is is much better for Arsenal, um, and it, it is frustrating for them. And I can see why support is frustrating. You know, there is an argument you need a bit more transparency around who's got COVID, who hasn't got COVID. I think Arsenal have been pretty good in changing their policy and just being open and saying who's tested positive and who hasn't. But um, I actually think, yeah, the way the legs have swapped, I think will be a benefit for Arsenal because I really wouldn't have liked them going to Anfield for a second leg. I think we've been mostly surprised by just how strong Mikel Arteta's gone in his team selection for the Carabao Cup. Take the Sunderland out of it for, for obvious reasons, I suppose. But would he have gone stronger? This is going to be hard to word this question. Do you think he'd have gone stronger playing the game on Thursday, knowing Forrester at the weekend, than he would be able to do now that the games have been moved? Yeah, I do think he would have done. Um, when you consider, even though it would have been a weakened Liverpool side, um, I, we've all seen how seriously Mikel Arteta takes cup competitions. Even um, when you look at the Europa League group stages last year, it was still uh, very strong in those games. You didn't even get, um, so if we think back, what is it, just over a year now, people were craving Miguel Aziz to get a debut. And that didn't happen until maybe match day five, match day six um, in the Europa League group stages. So I think um, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see a, a very strong or almost the, the second 11 of first team players. And then um, the the young prospects who could feature in the squad against uh, Nottingham Forest on the bench Um especially with it being a first leg. I think he he would have wanted to get as many guarantees as possible. But now I guess you've got to be a bit smarter in the way you use the squad. Um, and I mean, the squad's there to be used. So I don't think there should be too many issues. Obviously, you've got uh, Nicola Pepe, who probably would have played in these games is now at AFCON. But aside from that, I think it's still uh, a strong enough squad to, to, to give... Liverpool or a weakened Liverpool problems um, over the two legs. Right, on to our next award and it is for goal of the season. Uh, Sam, you went last last time, so I'll put you top of the charts this time. What was your Arsenal goal of the season to date? Um, I'm going to go with the opening goal against Southampton last month, uh, which was obviously scored by Lacazette, but pretty much involved half the team with Ramsdale passing up in the back and then White, Tomayasu, Odegaard, Saka. Uh, and I think if you were to sort of define what Mikel Arteta wants from this Arsenal team in one goal, it would be this one. Um, it's not the first time they scored a goal of this nature where they build up um, with short passing at the back, often on the right-hand side of the pitch, and then they sort of work the ball in the final third to the, the left-hand side or, or more centrally. Um, but this this was the first time this season, I think, when that really did kick off uh, in terms of the way they did it and how smooth it was, how slick it was. 
there, there were goals against Spurs that were similarly back to front, but this one felt more choreographed and basically directly from the training ground. So that's my pick. Uh, and also just a great finish from Lacazette as well, just smashing a top corner after all the nice work beforehand. So yeah, Lacazette v Southampton for me. And next we'll come to Art. So unsurprisingly, mine is the same, but I'll talk about I'll talk about a couple of the other goals that were, I guess, my contenders. Um, the first one was um, Aubameyang's goal against Tottenham. So I guess similar, well, not quite similar, but uh, almost similar build-up, but on the left-hand side this time. Um, Ramsdale to Shaka, I believe, and Shaka just about wins the ball. <laughs> and then... Um, and then they free it to Smith Rowe and Aubameyang. And I think that's where you see, uh, or a lot of people saw, um, the de- deceptive pace of Smith Rowe. I don't think a lot of people last season would have expected to see him burst up the pitch like that. But especially in under-23s football, he was doing that quite a lot. Um, and I think um, that, I guess, showed that. And then the finish from Aubameyang was great as well. The other goal I was thinking of was um, the most recent one, so Saka's against um, against uh, Man City, because I think similarly to the Southampton goal, the slickness of the passing was just top, I think, um, and that's what the level where Arsenal needs to be at. I think if they're going to be taken seriously about um, going for um, Europe, so... Those are the two other contenders I had in my mind, but I'm going to go for Lacazette against Southampton. Uh, I'm going to go now. Uh, I'm, I went for Martin Odegaard's free kick um, at Turf Moor against Burnley. Um, great free kick, really well taken. And I think Arsenal one of those clubs that all in all don't really score that many goals from, from directly from free kicks, do they really? So I think that, that proves that he adds something else to the squad. It's another string to his bow. You know, he's going to be in and around that ball now anytime there's a dead ball situation because of that goal almost, isn't he? But I also think not just the execution of the free kick, but it was an important goal in a tough stadium, a difficult point of the season for Arsenal. They, they'd just beaten Norwich 1-0, and I mean just beaten, um, having lost and obviously been sat bottom of the league. So it was, it was just another building block in helping them redress the balance from that poor start of the season. So, yeah, that's why I went for that one. I thought it had more meaning than just being a, a great free kick. Uh, Simon will end this award coming to you next. Uh, I'm going to go for Charlie Patino v. I'm joking. I'm going to go for... <laughs> <laughs> I actually could have gone for the Charlie Patino Man United under 23 goal because that, that was a great goal. Now, I've gone for Gabriel Martinelli against Newcastle um, featuring signing of the season, Takiro Tomiyasu. Um just a really good goal. I mean, it's a great pass from Tommy Asu, who, to be fair, that's not the part of his game that he's most lauded for. I think everyone appreciates his defensive ability and keeping it solid. But as the season's gone on, I think he's got better at going forward and looked more of a threat. Great pass, great finish from Martinelli. And that sort of started that mini run that he went on um, for sort of four or five weeks where he was playing near enough every game, scoring goals. Um and felt like a big, big sort of moment for him for his season. Um, so that's my pick. But yeah, I was very tempted by the um, by the Lacazette goal because that is probably Arteta ball, isn't it? And um, I think that's a worthy winner if we go for that. I'd just be really pedantic on the Martinelli goal. When I, when, oh, it's nodding. I think he knows what's coming. When I saw this live, 
in the stadium, I thought, oh my God, incredible goal. Which is an incredible goal, but my first thought was he hit it with his laces, like like a, like a volley, like through the ball, Van Persie-esque. But actually, he side-footed it a little bit off the ankle. like, And I just think in terms of aesthetics, that takes away some of the, the quality of the goal. Well, I mean, if, he, yeah. if, if, no if he smashed it on the volley, like on the laces, like pure, like Roy the Rovers style, it would be great. <laughs> but he's kind of like lobbed it a bit with the instep. And I'm just... It that, just he's had to control it more. With the like, that's what makes it better because he's had to control it. Also, let's me, me and Sam were going on about this for like twenty minutes after the game. <laughs> let's we forget the all-time best Premier League goals were scored by Wayne Rooney's shin with that overhead kick against Manchester City. So sometimes it doesn't really matter. Safe to say, our winner there is Alexander Lacazette for his goal against Southampton. I think that does that make you two for naught, Sam? So far, have you picked both winners? I think so far, good going from you. Um, Special mentions, obviously, there for Martinelli, Martin Odegaard and Charlie Patino. Right, we'll come next to our straight straight into our next award, which we're going to do game of the season. Um, I've put myself first to go here because I've gone for the 3-1 win against Spurs. Um, so, so, sorry, Simon mentioned it there. Um, Arteta ball and I think that first half is the kind of football Mikel Arteta wants to see week in week out from his side um, also I think we have to remember going into that September international break Arsenal were bottom of the table Tottenham were at the top but after this game they actually moved above Spurs with the win and obviously Nuno was sacked soon afterwards so it's not a bad afternoon against your biggest rivals the goals were all quite good yeah, it was. A, I think that was a, a statement. Forty-five minutes, if not a statement, win that, that's definitely given them the confidence to go on and, and show that they can do that to to bigger and better teams. Um, Art, let's come to you next for your for your game of the season so far. Gone for the same one. I, I'm a little bit upset because I wasn't actually there. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't think you can pick another game. To be honest, I, th- I think it has to be that one. Uh, especially when you consider what had been happening for the, I guess, six weeks before that. Um, obviously, they beat uh, Norwich the game before, but that was only 1-0. So to finally get a win with multiple goals scored, I think that was really important as well. Um, it would have been better if there was a clean sheet, but oh well. Um, but I think when thinking about this and trying to think of other games, the... I think it was the most recent games that came into my mind. So Leeds and Norwich, just because it it felt um, better that they were actually, especially in those sorts of games, um, thrashing teams that I don't think they've done that routinely for a while. Um, So those were a few games that I was thinking of as well. But no, I think it has to be the Tottenham game, the Tottenham win. That Norwich game would have had to come with a big asterisk next to it, given they were playing... (laughs) <laughs> Nor- an appalling Norwich side don't they? Dear me, that was what a way to spend Boxing Day I remember that Tottenham game as well in particular because I'd done a an, I'd been out all night not even on the source I'd been doing a, a charity walking marathon so I don't know if you guys remember when I got there I couldn't actually walk um, <laughs> let's go to Sam Sam for your game of the season contender please uh, I'm going to put forward West Ham as Arsenal's best performance of the season because while I very much hear the view on Spurs, I think in the second half against Spurs, Arsenal actually didn't play that well, which is partly because they were 3-0 up, I think. But um, 
West Ham at home was the first time this season that I watched Arsenal and they had sustained control and, and pressure against a very good team. And that I think I said on the night, this felt like a big boy performance. Um, and it felt like a step up in terms of uh, everything aside from the goals, you know, the control of the ball, the pressing, the way they played high up the pitch and West Ham couldn't get out. And then to get the, the goals as well, clinical finishes from Martinelli and Smith-Rowe. So that for me felt like the biggest statement performance, even if the Spurs game obviously was more um, emotional and, and, and lauded for obvious reasons. Finally, let's come to you, Simon, for your choice. Yeah, I was debating going sort of full Arteta and saying like the Man City defeat because it was the turning point and learn everything about itself. But um, because I wasn't at the Spurs game, um, I tried to look for something different. I ended up going for the win over Aston Villa on the Friday night, um, partly because it came in the context of the Monday night. They played Palace, were very passive. Um, and I remember coming away from that game, and I think a few of us were similar, thinking, oh, wow, look, Vieira looks like he's further ahead in his rebuild than Arteta. And they came out against Villa. Admittedly, a Villa, pretty poor Villa side, but they were on the front foot. They didn't let off. They sort of played a 4-4-2. Again, that was pretty debated, but it was really attacking, really energetic. The crowd was pretty well-oiled, having a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it was just a really enjoyable game and probably the first game of the season other than that Tottenham game where fans got excited about what was to come. So um, to be different, I'll, I'll go for that one. Said um, going full Arteta there. So you three weren't aware of this, but because I knew there were four of us on the panel, I had a secret fifth panelist pick his choices yesterday, just in case we had two all draws on anything. So, for example, if Simon had gone for West Ham there, uh, that person was Nick Ames. Uh, I'll just read to you that his his game of the season: Manchester City at home. <laughs> so Nick once again he, he should of be course. he should be on Arsenal's back room staff um, yeah I think there's there's a few other contenders I suppose but I think some I know we're, we're about to anoint the Tottenham game as the winner but some as you said the second half was a bit different I think we could have gone Leicester but for the same reason the second half but then you think they're under the cosh all of the second half at Leicester so how can it be the game of the season I suppose the argument there would be Normally, because I would have finished two all a couple of years ago, mm. wouldn't it? So, this is me almost talking myself out of Tottenham. So, I'm going to stop that now and say that the winner of game of the season so far is Tottenham at home. Let's add that into the list. It is now time to talk about Nottingham Forest, the one we've all been waiting to discuss. Um, just the kind of tie that was required at this stage of the season time, do you think? Yeah, I think if, if it had been at home, it probably would have been near enough the the perfect tie. I think, I imagine Forrest are going to probably rest a fair few players. Um, I was looking at the squad trying today, trying to work out what sort of team Arsenal will do. And most of the players who would come in aren't necessarily them. I mean, it seems ridiculous that Pepe is a cup winger, but he basically is a cup winger. El Nene would have played, wouldn't he? Maitland-Niles would have played. Um, so I'm, int I'm intrigued to see whether Arteta covers those losses by playing someone like a Granite Xhaka or a Smith-Rowe or whether he goes instead and plays Patino, Amari Hutchinson, the likes of that, because I think Balogun's not going to play either. So I'm intrigued to see what he does. I mean, Art will know better than me whether these academy kids are worth 
putting in there? Would they be up to the challenge of it? Um, I tend to think he's going to go pretty weak because that Carabao Cup to me looks like the competition he wants to win. And this, I think, could be a game where we see a lot of those kids. Oh, I imagine, I, I agree with Simon, I imagine that bench is going to be almost loaded with, with academy players, isn't it? If you, if you were to pick one or two now that you'd like to see on the bench and you'd say to the, the casual Arsenal fan who doesn't really know much about the academy, who to keep an eye on, who you'd like to see at the city ground, who would you pick? Yeah, I know um, a lot of people or Arsenal fans already know <laughs> like a lot about Charlie Patino, so I'll leave him out of this. Um, uh, Simon mentioned Omari Hutchinson. He's someone who I think has um, done very well this season. He's more of a, a winger, but can play as a number 10 as well. Um, I'd say he looks smaller than he actually is um, because of like his dribbling style. It's kind of low centre of gravity. Um very good at keeping the ball um, and he's just a very, I guess, slick player. Um, aside from him, um, another midfielder um, and uh, Salah Ulad Mhand, um, who um, was on the bench against Leeds in the Carabao Cup. And um, he's someone who's also impressed um, in Kevin Betsy's under-23s this season. Um, almost in a, a mirror role to Charlie Patino. So obviously Patino's left footed. Um Salah's kind of that on the right hand side for Kevin Betsy. So uh even though he will be someone who I guess you'd expect to be like this technical midfielder, he is that, but he can also uh, I wouldn't say he's scared to put a foot in and be more aggressive. Um I think people saw that with Patino when he came on against Sunderland and his first action was winning a header in midfield. Um rather than some like amazing pass. <laughs> um, so I think, um, yeah, those two, um, obviously we've seen they've been in, in training um, this week in the training pitches. So um, those are the two that I'd probably be expecting to see uh, if Arteta decides to go that way. Um, the, last, the last bit about Forrest to you. I know, I think we're all agreed this will be probably one of the, most rotations we see from Arteta this season, probably since he took over. But we have to remember this is the FA Cup, don't we? And he'll, he'll have eyes on the prize as well. He'll still want to win the game, obviously, won't he? Because it's a big trophy at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced. We will. We will see as many changes as as you guys think. Um, they've, they've had a full week off. Well, it'll be eight days off since the City game. Um, they didn't play against Wolves on 28, so they had a break between that and the Norwich game as well. So. I don't think he's going to want too many of his first team players having four to, you know, a week and a half without playing properly. So, yeah, I think there'll be a, a sprinkling of your, you know, I think Tavares will probably play. I think Congo will come in. I expect to probably see Rob Holding. Oh, we will see Rob Holding, won't we? Because Gabriel's suspended. Um, but yeah, the, the one that's interesting for me is um, is whether Nketi is available to play or not. Um, obviously, missed the City game with COVID and a lot of uncertainty about his future and where he's going to go, what he's going to do and more, probably more pertinently when he's going to go. Uh, I, I think of all the players you'd want to rest, Lacazette probably quite high up the list because of the way he plays and his age. There are games when it looks like he's running on empty after about 45 minutes. So that's the one to keep an eye on. I think um, if Eddie's not fit, then who plays up front? And if it's not Lacazette, it's not Eddie, then who could it be? I wonder maybe... One day, if we might see a Smith Rowe false nine, or even 
put Martinelli up front as a nine. So yeah, we will see. We will see. But yeah, I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be quite Patino and Salah and Hutchinson's territory personally. But who knows? Right, we're going to come to our penultimate award now, which is our predictions for the rest of the season. The award here will go will be awarded, obviously, to the, the panellist who comes closest with their prediction, uh, which we obviously won't know about until we get to May. Uh, Art, let's come to you first for your prediction for the rest of this season. I think Arsenal in the Premier League are only going to lose one more game at home Ooh. at the Emirates. I'm and not going to say one more game full stop. There, <laughs> no, 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 at home. Um, and I, I believe that will be against Liverpool. Um, so I think they've, I think we've seen it grow over the course of the season. But, and I know it's for, for people who aren't in the stadium um, regularly, I think it may seem like, I don't know how to describe it, but, they may not be able to actually understand it, but I feel like the Emirates this season has been a lot more um, energetic than in past seasons. And I think that's really helped them get over the line in certain games and also just start fast. Um, And that's been, I I think that was a real problem last year. They were starting games so slowly. So I think, um, yeah, I'll go with that for my prediction of the, for the rest of the season. I like that a lot. Um, Simon, let's come to you next for your prediction of the season. Um, I was gonna I was torn between these two, so I'm gonna lump them in as one. Um, Bakayo Saka and Mikel Arteta will sign new contracts with Arsenal. Um, I think Arteta will have a year left in the summer. Uh, I think he'll do a good enough job this season to extend it. And Saka for me, um, you've got to sort that out this summer. There's already, you know, mumbrings on Twitter about Liverpool and everything, and I think as much important to get players in, keeping these kids is is the biggest part of the project, in my opinion. Good one. I do like that one. Uh, Sam, let's come to you next. Um, I have four predictions. <laughs> do you want them all, or should I just pick one? I, I'm going to make you pick one, just to, so you can't then have a coverall of coming back and claiming that you got them right. Sure. Okay. Um, the one I'm going to pick is, uh, I predict a former Arsenal player will score against Arsenal in the penultimate game of the season, playing for Newcastle. <laughs> and it will be costly in Arsenal's pursuit of the Champions League. Are we, are we saying Joe Willock or someone else about to sign in January? I'm not saying which former Arsenal player will score oh. against Arsenal, but a player who has previously played for Arsenal will score against Arsenal on 15th of May. And it could prove costly. Is this Guess the Gooner already? Have you already yeah. started Guess the Gooner? Get your money on Isaac Hayden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So my, I left myself a lot of wiggle room there. <laughs> <laughs> my prediction is that I think Bukayo Saka will end the season as Arsenal's top goal scorer. Ooh, wow. I just think with the Aubameyang situation... Maybe Lacazette, but I don't think he plays 90 that often, does he? It's normally a surprise if he plays 90 minutes. Whereas Saka, we know, is a workhorse. He, he'll, he, he runs himself into the ground, so therefore he'll play week in, week out. His turn of form lately, I think he's got a great run of, of goals, hasn't he, compared to earlier in the season, compared to earlier in his career. And I also think 
if Arsenal play the way they've been playing, these young players are going to get the service from Odegaard. You know, it's going to be on a platter for some of them, isn't it? So, yes, my prediction is that Saka will end the season as Arsenal's top goal scorer. Sam, you, you're waving at me. Was that one of your four or are you going to call me nuts? No, no. Well, one of my four, which is similar, so I thought I might as well throw it in, is I think Saka will reach double figures for both goals and assists. So he's currently on seven goals and four assists. So I think he'll get to at least 10 on both, That's which is, as, as, as they call it on social media, 20 goal involvements. I thought you were going to say GA. <laughs> G plus A, yeah. Time now for Guest Aguna. Who is the Arsenal player I am describing in the following clues? Shout out your name to take a guess. 10 points if you get it right. First time, nine on your second guess and so on. Everyone at home, play along. Let's play Guess the Guna. I scored two goals in 23 Arsenal appearances. Including England... I've played professionally in the top flight of seven different countries. I made my Arsenal debut in 2003, missing a penalty in the first ever shootout held at Highbury. Oh, oh. I mean, if you've got this this early on, oh, I'll be... Oh, sorry. Go, oh, go, go. No, go, I've go, got go. it wrong. Oh. Francis Jeffers. Incorrect. But good, I like your style. I like that people go, this is me. I like to go for it. <laughs> I would later play for three other British clubs, making 10 Premier League appearances, but scoring no goals. I was born in Amsterdam, but scored two goals in 17 senior, senior caps for Ghana. I am still playing today for an amateur team back in the Netherlands. Um, Art? Yes, Art. Second guess. Quincy Owusu. Uh, oh, what's this? What's the second part? Sam. 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 No. <laughs> come on. Come on. Sam. Quincy Owusu Obey. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you stole oh. the words from my mouth there. I was going to say I mean, you could have just gone Quincy. I think he's known as that these days, isn't he? Well done, Art. That's a good win. Um, I was running out of clues as well. Um, the other three, if you'd have got this, Sam or Simon, do shout up. Um, I once scored six goals in a 7-1 win over Wolves at youth level. I signed my first professional contract with Arsenal on my 18th birthday, but the club were fined and given a suspended transfer ban for dealing with an unlicensed agent during negotiations. I am also a rapper and go by the stage name Blow. <laughs> would, you, would, you have, would you have got that, lads? Yeah, nodding away there like you definitely wouldn't have done. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I think that's a strong, strong performance from you there. Yeah. I had it when Art shouted Quincy. I had it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, I had no idea. My um, 2005-2006 Arsenal review, um, the DVD that they did after every season came in handy there. <laughs> you needed to run and fetch it so you could read his name off the back. <laughs> right, we will end with our prestigious 
soon to be prestigious, I hope, Player of the Season Award. Obviously, we're at mid-season point here, so this will probably change between now and the end of the year. And this will also go to a vote for our listeners with the winner crowned at the start of our next show. That's what you call audience participation. So we've also decided to all pick a different player here. So some of us might have picked the same player, but we've gone for four different players. And I'm going to come for, given that you won Gestaguna, Art, you can go first with your player of the season. I'm going for Emil Smith-Rowe. I think um, it's kind of similar to your point about Martin Erdegaard's free kick against Burnley. I think um, during that point of the season where Arsenal were finally keeping clean sheets but weren't particularly playing well, I think he was the real driving force for them um, at that point. So if you remember, um, obviously the Tottenham game, Leicester away, um, and Aston Villa too, um, before his like more recent scoring scoring streak off the bench. Um, I think that that part of the season was really important, and it's uh, it's been good to see that um, he's. I think he's become more confident in terms of taking responsibility in games. Um, last year, he was getting into similar positions, even earlier in the season. Brentford away on the first um, game of the season. Um, I think there were chances as well against Norwich um, as well, where he gets into similar positions, but he just doesn't finish. But it's been great to see that ascension, I guess, over the past few months. And I think um, without him um, stepping up in those in that period, I think Arsenal would not be where they are right now. Great way to start. Um, let's come next to Simon. Given that you would have got Quincy to do to obey after Art said the word Quincy, I think we'll qualify you to go second. Yeah, I'm going to go for um, Aaron Ramsdale as my pick. Uh, I almost went for him as signing of the season, but I gave that to Tommy Asu given the fact it was on deadline day and the fee was a, a bit better than the Ramsdale one. But I don't think you can underestimate the influence Ramsdale has had on that team. Um, I, I didn't, I underestimated how good a goalkeeper he was, probably like a lot of people. I think the only person who was telling me he's great was my godfather, who's a Bournemouth season ticket holder, and was saying it was a bargain and Arsenal were lucky to get him. Um, but what he's done to that team, I think is brilliant, more so than anything, is his attitude and his character. I think a young back four needs someone who is bold, loud, you know happy to shout at them, cajole them. And he does exactly that. And it's nothing against Bernd Leno. He's just not really that type of character. And Ramsdale has just come in and established himself as a leader, as number one. And I don't think without him in that defence, they'd be anywhere near as good as they are. So for me, he's he's the, uh, the player of the season so far. And I think could well be um, knocking on the door for that World Cup in Qatar, which I think would please a lot of Arsenal fans. Sam, given that I'm hosting, it only feels right that I go last. So let's come to you next. Um, slightly alternative shout. And I'm not sure I actually really believe this guy should be part of the season. But, <laughs> but for, for the sake of uh, our audio content, let's go for it. I'm going to go with Gabriel, the centre-back Gabriel, Magalhaes, because there, I think there is a massive, massive difference in this Arsenal team when he plays and when he doesn't. And I think the results pretty much bear that out since the spring last year. I mean, for, for basically for about six months this year, of the last year, so over 2021, 
he'd lost more teeth than he'd lost games for Arsenal, which is uh, which is an impressive feat on both sides of that. Um, I think he's basically brought the best out of White. I think his presence also helps with Ramsdale and Ramsdale settling in. I think Tierney's better when Gabriel's alongside him. Um, and I just look at him and think at his age, the fact that he's still learning the language, still adapting, I think he could be a real defensive powerhouse for, for quite a long time to come. And we've seen the difference when he doesn't play, they look a bit more wobbly, especially at the start of the season when he missed the first three games and Arsenal conceded loads and loads of goals. So for me, it's Gabriel. It's like that you almost turned your video off there on the Zoom call because you couldn't keep a straight face not <laughs> not nominating Martin Odegaard, but Gabriel is a fine choice. Uh, we'll end with my choice, which is Beth Mead. Go on. <laughs> right. What's that face for? I've got plenty of supporting evidence. I'm going to ch- channel my inner Molly Hudson here. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, just... I, hear, I hear your point, Mark. I now feel like we've all Beth failed Mead to... We've all yeah. failed to reference the women's team and you basically just shamed us for the previous 40 minutes worth of talking i thought we was talking about just the men's team here and i apologize to all the listeners for not being more uh wide-reaching in my answers i i, I feel like i shouldn't be cancelled <laughs> <laughs> i like sam's was very much the uh, the boris johnson approach to apologizing <laughs> wasn't it minus the stuttering um so yeah beth mead Missed out on the TGB in the summer, which would have been a massive blow. She comes back to Arsenal. They've signed a bunch of players in her position or that can play in her position. Manu Ibuchi, Tobin Heath, you know, the the players, big name players, in fact. Um, And then she starts that game opening day against Chelsea and scores twice in in what was a massive 3-2 win that still to this day really has contributed to their four-point lead at the top of the WSL. Uh, Obviously, it's well caused a bit of drama between... Jonas and Emma Hayes, which we all enjoyed. Um, one player of the month for the WSL in September. You know, she's she's back in the England team, scoring goals for fun, as anyone was, to be fair, in those games. Um, came off the bench. I know that England stuff shouldn't really matter, but scoring a 14-minute hat-trick at international level is superb. She's in amongst the top goal scorers and assist makers. What do we call it? G plus A, I believe, the, the earlier phrase. Yeah, GA. GA, yeah. So she, her GA is good, let's be honest. Um and yeah, you know, of late, she's her form has slipped slightly, but I think it's safe to say the whole of that Arsenal women's team have, have slightly gone off the boil. And they'll be happy to, they'll be hoping to get back to form. And if they do, I now think that, that Beth Mead will play a large part in that. So suck on that, Martin Odegaard. Um, <laughs> so just as a quick recap, guys, signing of the season, Aaron Ramsdale, goal of the season, Alexandra Lacazette versus Southampton. Game of the season, Tottenham at home. We've had an abundance of predictions, which we'll probably delete when we get to the end of the season. Um, and then our nominees for player of the season are Emil Smith-Rowe, Aaron Ramsdale, Gabrielle and Beth Mead. Do take part in the votes, rate and reviewers, and enjoy our latest special of the season, The Crypto Factor, where we take an in-depth look at the relationship between football and cryptocurrency. My thanks to Art, Sam and Simon for joining us today, giving their nominations and largely not agreeing with me. And we will see you next time.